The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. When we have guests that come to us and tell us what Eden Ridge has meant to them, that makes it all worthwhile to hear what the guests have to say and to see how God has pulled an entire team together to do this has been extremely rewarding. Coming up, the story of the fulfillment of a vision. Welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. And we're going to hear from Oliver Dossman in a few moments about a retreat center designed especially for missionaries to give them a beautiful place to rest and relax. Thanks for tuning in to First Person, where each week we meet people who have given their lives to Christ and subsequently served the Lord in their spiritual calling. To explore our large archive of past programs, please visit firstpersoninterview.com. You can listen anytime online or use our smartphone app to download programs and listen anywhere at your convenience. Oliver Dossman grew up as the son of missionaries. Along the way, God laid on his heart the vision for a place where missionaries could go to find rest whenever they returned to the States. The result is a place in the mountains of Tennessee called Eden Ridge. No ordinary camp, so to speak. Eden Ridge is a group of beautiful homes with all the amenities that anyone could ask for. Oliver joined me online recently to discuss the fulfillment of the vision that God gave him. Well, thanks, Wayne. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. Eden Ridge is a missionary retreat center, and we are located on the Cumberland Plateau in East Tennessee, and we welcome missionaries from literally around the world. You give them a place to rest. Exactly. That's exactly right. We give them a place where they can rest and recuperate and spend time with family and spend time with God and uh, just have a time of rest and um, rejuvenation. All right. And if our listeners have in mind some sort of like camp setting, uh, that's not what we're talking about with Eden Ridge, is it? It is a, I mean, I've not visited there yet, Oliver, but I've seen the photos and seen the buildings go up, multiple buildings. Uh, It's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. That is is our vision, is to provide first-class accommodations for missionaries, Uh, oftentimes missionaries, Uh, don't get that kind of treatment. And we believe that uh, they deserve a place that is truly spectacular and that it has them in mind. And our favorite word to hear when people arrive is, wow. That's what we like to hear. We like to hear, wow. (laughs) I bet you hear it a lot then, don't you? (laughs) We do. We we always enjoy hearing it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about Eden Ridge and what God is doing there. But I want to talk about you as well. Uh, I've known you for a number of years. Uh, I knew you when, when you were a student at Moody. I knew of your parents when they worked at HCJB Radio in Quito, Ecuador. I think I actually met them in Ecuador one time. I, oh, okay, great. I don't know you if you were around at that time or if you were in the States, but uh, I recall you at Moody as a student. But uh, tell me about your life and, and growing up where you did. Well, sure. I grew up in Paris, France. Uh, my family is originally from France, and you mentioned that my parents were at HCJB World Radio. Uh, back in the mid-'80s, HCJB was recruiting uh, people from all over the world to produce radio programs that were then retransmitted via shortwave uh, back to uh, those people's home countries. In our case, that would be France and the French-speaking world and Quebec and Africa. And so uh, we left France when I was 13 years old. I didn't speak a word of English. And uh, we went to Texas first where my parents could learn Spanish at a language school. 
and where I could learn English in preparation for attending a missionary school in, in Quito. So in 1984, uh, we arrived in Ecuador and I was there during my high school years. And uh, going to Moody was uh, always a dream of mine before I even knew that I could go to Moody one day. I, before I even knew English, I knew of Moody because of the old Moody science films. <laughs> and so we used to watch those in our little church in France. And I thought one day Moody would be a great place. And uh, so, yeah, it's really amazing to think of it that way. And so um, ended up at Moody, loved my few years there, uh, transferred out of Moody uh, after three years and went to Union University in uh, in jackson tennessee mm -hmm. and that's where i lived for most of my adult life i met my wife there rachel we have four uh, young kids and so tennessee uh, became our home uh, in became my home in the early 90s yeah okay so should i be calling you olivier then olivier that's right yes <laughs> o-l-i-v-i-e-r is actually my legal name uh back when i was 13 and trying to fit in as a teenager, having a French name wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So <laughs> went with Oliver to try to blend in. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, growing up as an MK, I'm sure Christ was uh, central in your home. But when he, did he become personal for you? It was when I was uh, 11 years old. Uh, I was uh, back when we lived in France. And my parents were very active in, in Christian ministry. And I remember one night uh, I was out on a walk with my dad and he asked me, if I was a Christian, if I believed in Jesus. And I said, well, yeah, I do. Of course, y'all are Christian, so I'm a Christian. And so that was a perfect opportunity for him to explain to me that it had to be a personal relationship uh, with Jesus Christ, that because they were Christians didn't, meet that I, didn't yeah. mean that I was automatically a Christian. And it was that night that I accepted Christ in my life. Yeah, God has no grandchildren, right? So Yeah, that's right. You, gave, right. Him, you gave him an opening. He could have driven a Mack truck through, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, now you mentioned your wife you met while you were in Jackson, Tennessee at Union. Uh, tell me more about your family, Oliver. Well, uh, Rachel is my wife's name. Uh, we met as soon as I arrived at, um, at, uh, at Union. And uh, interesting tidbit, uh, I was actually on staff very quickly at Union. They hired me to, uh, to work in the computer department. And uh, Rachel was a student, so I had to get special permission from the president of the university to date a student because staff aren't <laughs> supposed to date students, right? But I was pretty young. I was also a student, of course, and yeah. and he uh, he was definitely supportive. And so we've been married uh, 20 years now and have four four children. The oldest one uh, just turned 14, so oh, we're wonderful. entering the, the teenage years. Yeah, let's pray together, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> well, Rachel's pretty uh, pretty sharp because I remember you as a tall, good-looking guy, so I'm sure she noticed that when you arrived at Union. Huh? <laughs> she's awesome, and she's very, very supportive, and, that, and that's really one of the reasons I think that it's been a wonderful career path for, for me yeah. with Eden Ridge and having the support of, of Rachel, of course, as being a big yeah. part of that. And she is actually very involved today as our construction manager. Now, this is a sidebar, but I have to admit to you that I still listen to your father's music. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you gave me years and years ago some mm -hmm. of his CDs on the guitar. Is it classical guitar? Is that what you classical would call guitar. it? Classical guitar. Yeah. yeah, classical guitar. Just beautiful, especially at Christmas time. I'll, I'll pull that out because there's a Christmas CD there. And, uh, there is. Is, is any there of that is. music still available anywhere? It is. It's still available. Uh, we actually still have CDs. CDs aren't as popular as they are now. But if I, if I may, just a, a quick tidbit yeah. on, uh, on my dad's music, it's uh, when we first... Uh, me and a couple of friends from college had this vision to build Eden Ridge. We realized very quickly that you couldn't raise money. We couldn't raise money for something that didn't actually exist. It was a vision. It was a dream. It was an idea. But we had absolutely nothing tangible. And so we realized this is going to be very difficult to raise money. 
And so one day my dad and I were actually talking about this and uh, we had this idea to produce uh, his music and uh, with my mom who plays the recorder and mm -hmm. the two of them is very beautiful yeah, sound. Yeah, so relaxing. And, uh, very relaxing. We used to travel around Europe and, and North America at the time and uh, played and we never really had any music. We didn't have music to sell and people would ask us. And so that's how we ended up raising money to buy land. Oh. Uh, we, over a couple of years, uh, sold 15,000 CDs and raised $150,000 right. in a couple of years. That's right. And wow. that's how we were able to buy land. Wow. Well, if you give me the information, we'll put it in our program notes. If that music's still available, I'd love our listeners Absolutely. to learn about it. So we'll, we'll put it in those program notes so listeners can follow Sounds up great. on that. So um, your father is with the Lord now. He is. Uh, his first name was... Daniel, Daniel, Daniel That's I was trying ago. to pull mm -hmm. that up in my memory. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, that brings us to Eden Ridge, and you mentioned buying the land. It was a vision. Tell me about the genesis of the vision you have for this place. So the vision was really out of my experiences as a missionary kid, uh, always observing how missionaries are traveling from home to home, from church to church, always raising money, always seeing people they haven't seen in a long time. And it's a very rewarding time, always really great but also exhausting. And uh, there's a defining moment in when the vision was born when I was at Union uh, with uh, two friends and uh, they were dating at the time. And uh, they, the, the, the young lady, her name is Ashley. Uh, she asked me, she said, if you could do anything, what would, what would your dream job be? And we were talking about their job and what they wanted to do and everything. So she kind of turned the question on me and asked me that. And I thought, well, you know, whatever I do, I want it to revolve around missions. That's my background. I know what missionaries need. I love that world of missions. Uh, I was working on my MBA at the time. I, I would love to use business skills. I love nature. In fact, I had just finished a bike trip uh, from Colorado to Alaska with two friends. Love nature, love anything related to travel and nature and meeting people around the world. And she said, she, she looked at me, and I still remember that moment vividly. She said, well, you should build a retreat center for missionaries because it would be all four of those things. Where did that come from? <laughs> it just, God, uh, just, it was amazing. And I thought about it for about three seconds, and I thought, that's what I want to do. That's exactly what I want to do. And so I, long story short, the three of us ended up being the founders of, of Mission to Missionaries, the parent organization of Eden Ridge. And it was founded by the three of us, really around their... Uh, around a dining room table one, one evening. It's a great story, and we'll continue to talk to Oliver Dossman about Eden Ridge coming up on this edition of First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Oliver Dossman. We're talking about Eden Ridge, and we'll put uh, links to this ministry uh, in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. What's your title there? I mean, are you, you're you're the kind of the founder of the whole thing, aren't you? The founder and president. Okay, all right. And uh, you were talking about where the vision came from. The Lord just dropped it in your heart, uh, voiced by someone else there. But how did you decide you know, where to go, and and how how did the land come about? It's a, such a beautiful place. Well, thank thank you. Uh, it is a really a beautiful area. At first, we had no idea. 
uh, where uh, this project would be. We just knew that we would need some funding. So that's when we started selling my parents' music. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, and that's how we were able to build up uh, some funds, some money in the bank to be able to start looking at land. And then we started looking in the area, a general area of Tennessee, uh, South Carolina, North Georgia, kind of this region, and uh, narrowed it down uh, through a series of circumstances to the Cumberland Plateau, which is a beautiful area. It's uh, an area with a lot of outdoor activities and waterfalls and trails. And we are next to a, a large resort called Fairfield Glade. And um, so we we really narrowed it down to this area and then spoke with the realtor and asked him to uh, guide us to some properties. And then one day he took us to one and and I just fell in love with it and said, this is it. This is the property. But it couldn't be cheap. I mean, that's such beautiful country. And I, I understand from your website, it's what, what the highest plateau between the Rockies and... And what? Yes, that's right. Yeah, the Cumberland Plateau is the highest point between the Smokies and the Rockies. The Smokies and the Rockies. Okay. So, so it's, it's a rural area, so land was not very expensive. Uh, at least it, it is now, but it wasn't at yeah, the time. I imagine. And so we were able we were able to purchase 130 acres uh, in this beautiful area. Okay. And from the start, you you knew what this was going to look like. I mean, what does it look like now? Let's let's give our listeners a picture, a mind's picture. Well, uh, it looks. Um, it looks beautiful. It's a great, great uh, spot. The property is gorgeous. We have beautiful views and bluffs. But as far as our facilities, we have uh, six cabins now. And so we are able to welcome. Okay, uh, you, you say cabins. <laughs> no, let's. Homes. <laughs> you, you know radio. We've got to paint a better picture than that. These are beautiful, okay. beautiful homes that you've built as cabins, a place to rest That's for right. missionaries. Okay. That's right. We, right. we call them cabins because we, we try to make them look like cabins. Sounds they really are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They really are homes. They're beautiful. Uh, very, very well appointed and very well decorated. So we have six of them of different sizes and that, that gives us um, the facilities to welcome about 1,500 missionary guests a year from mm-hmm. around the world. Okay. And then we just a couple of months ago opened our first main building, which we call the Welcome Center, which has a grand lobby and a place where we welcome the guests and where they check in and they can come and interact with us. It's a beautiful building. Uh, I'd encourage uh, listeners to go to the website and see the pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a meeting room that guests uh, can uh, reserve for for group parties. One of the things we hadn't thought about is family reunions. We never even thought about it when we were building. But then we started seeing people booking multiple cabins at the same time. I remember the first time that happened, I'm like, that must be a mistake. Why are they booking two cabins? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. They're doing a family reunion. What a great idea. Uh-huh. I'd never thought of it. Uh-huh. And so now we have a room where they can where they can meet. And then right directly behind the Welcome Center, uh, we just finished building what we're calling World Missions Park, which is a beautiful uh, park, a tribute to missionaries around the world. Mm. Uh, it has a little pond and three waterfalls and an eight-foot steel globe that we just installed a few weeks ago. I saw the pictures. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful spot, beautiful yeah. outdoor space for our guests to enjoy. Yeah. Well, once uh, your guests, mostly missionaries, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, but mostly missionaries, when they come, after they say, wow, what do they say afterwards? Uh, we wish we had the uh, book to stay longer is what we hear a lot. Uh, sometimes people just come for a few days and, and we do get the comment quite often. Oh, we wish we were staying longer. It's just mm-hmm. been such a, a beautiful, restful place. So mm-hmm. uh, we know it's all God that has you know built all of this. And we've been um, instruments in, in his guidance to do this. But what's been really exciting to see is, is how... Not, not only the people are coming, we're, we're full uh, almost all the time and people are booking out months in advance to be able to come. So that's great. But the impact that we're seeing 
um, Eden Ridge is having on our guests where they they leave us wonderful comments about how refreshed they feel and how this is in some ways they're they're home away from home and they're home from the field and they feel like Eden Ridge is just a a very peaceful and restful place where they can come when they're when they're in the U.S. I suspect uh, that for many missionaries you know uh, I don't know I think the world has changed a little bit for missionaries but I I know when they do get a break, I don't know if they still call it a furlough or not, the way we used to. Right. But when they do get yeah. a break, they have to. They're busy. I mean, they're traveling they the country, raising That's support right. and and telling others what God's doing through their ministry, and it's anything but relaxing. So you you want to counter that? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, in fact, sometimes missionaries will talk to people and say, "Well, we're coming home. We're coming home for six months." And people will think, "Wow, six months vacation? That must be nice." <laughs> no way. It, nothing could be for, further from the truth. We used to call right. it a furlough as well, Wayne. And right. No, it has other names now, like stateside assignment or home ministry assignment. But essentially, mm-hmm. these missionaries who are serving overseas are a lot of times have made their home somewhere else. And of course, they still have their home here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and their family and their friends. So they're they're excited to come back. But it is also kind of a lot of mixed. It's a mixed blessing and challenges of raising funds and and constant traveling. Right. Uh, and let's point out, you are a 501c3, so you are a yes. nonprofit ministry. We are. Is this only open to missionaries who can stay it's there? Not, it's not. That's a really good question. It's not only open to missionaries. That is our focus. So we give missionaries an 80% discount. So if, uh, if your listeners will go to the website, they'll see our standard rates, and the missionaries get an 80% discount. We also offer a 65% discount to Christian workers, pastors, okay. anyone working in Christian ministry. Okay. Uh, we offer a 65% discount. So really our focus is missionaries. That's that's our purpose in existence. Uh, but we are very open and we love having uh, Christian workers come as well. Yeah. And it looks to me like the rates that uh, anyone else would pay are still reasonable, but that's what funds the ministry so that you can give those discounts to Christian workers and missionaries. Am I that, correct? That's exactly right. That is correct. Yeah. Most of our guests are Christian workers and missionaries. That's our, that's our reason uh, to exist. Uh, but when people come who who do not qualify with those, typically they understand that they're paying a higher price, and that's helping us to offset the cost for our other guests. Yeah. What are your plans? Where where is it going to grow from here? Do you have space to grow more? We do. So we have a master plan. Uh, a few years ago, we in- engaged a company to help us with devising a master plan, which is something we should have done on the front end. But in hindsight, twenty twenty, uh, back then we were just trying to. To build buildings one at a time, but a few years ago, we realized it would be really beneficial to invest in in developing a master plan so that uh, we have an idea of how we can develop the property in the future. So what we've done is essentially what we have built to this point, uh, we're, we're calling one cluster, a cluster uh, number one, if you will. And then now we're looking at building cluster number two, and our master plan has seven clusters, each oh. with five cabins. Okay. And there's so enough, enough land for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, we do have enough land. And then uh, we will be developing what we call the Eden Ridge Village at the center of the property, which is where the Welcome Center is. And so the Welcome Center is the first building in this village uh, with the P- World Missions Park adjacent to it. And so over uh, the next years, decades, uh, we will be adding other main buildings uh, surrounding that village area. All right. And when missionaries and guests come, what are some of the activities they can uh, they can rest with? I'll call. I'll say. <laughs> well, we we offer uh, what we call uh, listening and encouragement. So when we have guests who would like to meet with someone, this is totally entirely up to them if they would like to request that. We let them know that it's available. 
then they can request to meet with someone, to pray with them, hear their stories. Uh, sometimes people come to us and they have some big decisions to make about whether to return to their field or go somewhere else or just big decisions that are coming up. And so we offer uh, that service where they where that we're more than happy to meet with them and pray with them and listen to them. But I would say 80% of our guests are simply there to rest. Our, our yeah. three key words are rest, play, and explore. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to explore in the area. There are a lot of amenities in nearby Fairfield Glade of things to play, swimming pools, golf courses, lakes, et cetera. Wonderful. And then, of course, the, the key thing that we believe our, our guests are looking for is a place to rest. And so that's what, that's what we really offer them at Eden Ridge. Mm-hmm. What's the most rewarding part of this for you, Oliver? Ah, that's a great question. I think uh, I think the most rewarding is seeing the impact that this is having on our guests. When when we have guests that that come to us and tell us what Eden Ridge has meant to them, that makes it all worthwhile. You know, just like any organization, it's not perfect. There's always things going on and things break, and I mean, there's always something going on. But at the end of the day. Uh, sometimes it's really helpful just to to hear what the guests have to say and to to realize that what we have provided for them has really been impactful on them. And I would also say what's been really rewarding is just to see how God has connected a lot of dots, not only in my life, but a lot of people around mm-hmm. around me. This is I've been the founder of the ministry and the one that's led it since the inception. But it has by no means been a a project of my own. There's, of course, my wife, but so many people have come um, to surround the ministry, some of them for a period, some of them for a long period, some of them are still there, some of them are not, but but God used them in very specific ways uh, during this entire process. So just to see how God has pulled an entire team together to do this has been extremely rewarding. Mm For the person listening, and uh, you mentioned how the Lord spoke to you about this vision, for the person listening who has an idea, they don't know if it's from the Lord or not, but they, they need to take some steps of faith, what what advice do you have for them? Well, first of all, prayer, I think, is is always a, a good first place, but also surrounding yourself with uh, with people who can really listen to what what your the vision that you may have in your heart may be and and give you good guidance. And, uh, but at the end of the day, when a vision comes from God, I think there's a nudging from God. I will say that even in, at the beginning of Eden Ridge, there were people that told me it was a crazy idea and uh, that it wasn't needed. And, and I could go on and on about that. But, it, 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 but I, I sensed that God was, was pushing me to do this because he was surrounding me with the resources to do it in terms of the, the finances with the CD project, for, for example, that I alluded to earlier with the right people. And uh and at the end of the day, God just nudged me. I just sensed that God was nudging me uh, in this direction. Eden Ridge is a remarkable story. Our guest, Oliver Dossman, has followed God's leading to create this beautiful retreat, especially designed with missionaries in mind. Words alone cannot describe Eden Ridge in Tennessee, so I hope you go to firstpersoninterview.com and follow the links to see the photos of what God has provided. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com. Speaking of those who serve Christ around the world, I'm thankful for the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC is actively broadcasting in at least 50 countries of the world, and there are 900 local broadcasters who are creating programming every day to introduce their listeners to Jesus Christ and teach God's Word. Please pray for the outreach of FEBC and learn more how to pray when you visit febc.org, febc.org. Now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person.